Section 7 of The American Bee Journal, Volume 6, Number 4, October 1870. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The American Bee Journal, Volume 6, Number 4, October 1870, by Various. Novice. Dear Bee Journal, just hear the good news. Our bees are at work again, not indeed at the rate of 10 or 15 pounds per day as in June last, but they are really at work at this date, September 9th. We had been building some more air castles and had talked of another yield of honey in August and September. After waiting some time and watching and weighing a hive without any increase, we at last began to perceive a gain in weight, first of half a pound, then a whole one, and yesterday a stock of Italians gained two pounds and a half, which was enough to make us toss up our hat and almost embrace the little yellow pets. With judicious gentleness, of course, a neighbor says the way we follow the bees across the fields and through the woods and delve into the subject and remove obstructions, it is no wonder they get honey if it be on the face of the earth. And perhaps that is so. But look here, my dear reader. Did you understand us to say that our bees were building combs? Not at all. Nary comb will they build, with few exceptions, and certainly none in those old-fashioned traps called boxes. It is this way. Where there are empty combs right above the brood, they will fill them with honey, as, for instance, in the upper story of the Langstroth hive. But they seldom put any honey in the combs very far to one side, and hives that are full, or nearly so, do not increase in weight at all. So, you see, it all depends on having plenty of empty combs. We really think that just now a few more would be worth a dollar apiece to us. A little feeding given just right will induce comb building, but we think not so as to pay. The one stock that we weighed all through the season has now given us 330 pounds, and had it not been for replacing their queen, they would have done much better. Their new queen is nearly a black one, and so also are her workers. And, by the way, Mr. Editor, here lies the trouble. In slicing the heads off all our drone brood this summer, we increased our yield of honey, which was right, but we increased the yield also of new queens that produce black workers, or at least so nearly black that we have resolved to purchase 25 pure queens to replace all that are not fully up to our ideas. It is true we might raise them, but at the prices at which they are now being offered, we begin to think we had rather raise honey and let someone who has more time or likes the bother better raise queens. In making new swarms, we have no trouble, but in raising surplus queens to replace others, etc., we have not made it go to suit us. We have made some experiments in artificial fertilization this fall, but have not succeeded. Queen nurseries and hatching queens in cages have also been an unsuccessful bother to us. We know we are but a poor novice and should not expect to succeed always, but it does seem as if queens that do not lay are rather a risky property to meddle with. But there is one thing we do like and find it a real pleasure, namely to keep a record. Thus, we found 65 stocks too many to remember all about, 
So we got a blank book with 150 pages. Bear in mind, it is a good idea to have a few extra pages, even if you are sure that you will never want to use them. Number one hive is on page number one. Number two on page number two, and so on to the end of the chapter. Each page tells when the queen of the hive it refers to was hatched, whether pure or not, prolific or not, if weighed, how much honey produced, if the queen to be replaced, how and when, and in short, all about the hive. Our hives, bees, and combs weigh about 30 pounds each, and before putting them into the house in November, we are going to make every one weigh over 50 pounds, and not more than 55. Some might call 25 pounds sealed honey, or nearly sealed, not as well as more. But as we winter them, we think more would be detrimental, and with us, all the rest goes into the mel extractor. Were it not for that same mel extractor, we fear, or rather feel sure, we should not get any surplus honey at all now. In our last article, it read that we had sold all our honey at 30 cents a pound, which was a mistake that crept in somewhere. The honey was sold for 30 cents per pound retail, but the commission, freight, leakage, cost of boxes, labor, etc. made quite a hole in the 30 cents. In regard to saleableness, we have just shipped the last of our three tons and think that we could sell almost any quantity. As respect the source of the honey we get now, it is mainly from the same white flowering plants sent you last fall, which are even thicker here this season than they were then. And, Mr. Editor, we really think that the more bees there are kept, the more honey plants will grow for every blossom is most surely fertilized, and the result must be more and better seed. For the first four years that we kept bees, we never found the hives to gain in weight after the 1st of August, and then we had only from 4 or 5 to 20 stocks. 65 colonies is certainly nothing like overstocking, and we have no fear that 100 would be in any danger if well taken care of. We have found our bees also working so briskly on what we call fireweed and common goldenrod that we have labeled the honey from autumn wildflowers. It is dark and thick and has a very pleasant flavor, something like bumblebee honey, as we mentioned last fall, and very different from either clover or basswood honey. We have had no buckwheat nearer than two and a half miles, and we followed the bees one morning all the way there, as our wildflowers were not then in blossom. We think we can afford, next year, to give farmers within one and a half miles of us a dollar per acre to raise buckwheat. It is true, it might prove a failure, but we are used to failures occasionally. Many thanks to Mr. Tillinghast on page 63, and also to yourself, Mr. Editor. When we commenced here with our bees, our locality certainly was called poor. Bees had ceased to pay and were dying out, and had we not been so much discouraged by what beekeepers told us, we should probably have commenced sooner. One man purchased a hundred stocks, but utterly played out the first year. Black bees are now increasing around us at quite a brisk rate, but that is about all they do. Mr. Tillinghast says that the amount of honey, 5,000, in the time 
in his locality is simply impossible. We think that he would have done better to have said in his opinion. We poor mortals very often have a very imperfect idea of what is possible. After the account was given in our county paper that our bees were bringing in 200 pounds of honey per day, and that one stock alone gathered 43 pounds in three days, it was pronounced utterly impossible, and that if those who told it would consider, they would see that it could not be. And we were obliged to invite them to publicly come down and sit by one of our hives all day, weighing it at intervals, if nothing else would convince them before they were still. Counting the number of flower heads that a bee visits is a new idea to us, but we cannot think our bees visit more than a dozen, certainly. One day in June, when we examined the red clover, we should think a bee would get a fair load from a single blossom, and many of them were working in red clover at the time. The number stated seems as though the printer had made a mistake with the figures. Nearly ten blossoms in a minute for a whole hour, and not more than a load then? We agree that must be poor pasturage. Nearly every year since we have kept bees has been called, by more or less unsuccessful ones, the poorest season ever known. Yet, so far as honey is concerned, all we ask is more, just like them. The only plant we have ever cultivated for bees is the alcyke clover, of which we have about a half an acre, sown last spring on the snow, and which has bloomed quite profusely for the last six weeks, but is now nearly gone. We think our bees kept at least one sentinel to the square foot of it to watch for the honey as it collected. We had a visitor the other day. In fact, we have visitors by the score, and we are ashamed to say, to our sorrow sometimes. Well, this one for a while did not think proper to inform us whether he kept bees on the brimstone plan, and came to convince us it was the best way, or whether he was the editor of a bee journal himself. Of the latter, we were very sure, as we think we should know him anywhere. But eventually, he taught us some things, and we hope he learned some things from us. His visit did not last quite 24 hours, but he really made us feel quite lonely for more than that length of time after he was gone. One simple thing that Gallup has often said before, but we did not believe it, our visitor convinced us of, namely that rotten wood is ahead of all tobacco, rags, or anything else for subduing bees, especially hybrids, who will sometimes fight till death when tobacco is used, but would turn around and go down between the frames without ever a word under the influence of rotten wood smoke. But don't do as we did the next day after he left us, and drop fire into the sawdust. We burnt up a heavy two-story Langstroth of Italians before we discovered the muss and the stream of melted wax and smoked honey that ran out in lava-like channels was a warning to all novices. And then we had some robbing at our house. We got about half a dozen frames of empty comb hastily put into a new hive and removed the burnt one and got the bees to bringing in the honey that had run out. They wouldn't eat the melted wax. But before they had got it done, there arose an unpleasantness as to the ownership that finally mixed itself into a grand jubilee in spite of novice. 
The burnt hive is patched up, and the combs and bees are back into it, minus their queen, about 40 pounds of honey, and 10 frames of comb of such evenness and beauty that someone who wanted to pick a fuss said we thought more of them than of our wife and family. Our visitor, aforementioned, says he has never written but one article on bees, and we think that so richly deserves a place in the journal that we mail it to you. And now, Mr. Editor, we would say before closing that in our humble opinion, the results we have achieved this year are no nearer what may be done in scientific bee culture than the old brimstone way is to our present method, and humbly beg to be still considered a novice. End of section 7